When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Hey guys, it's episode two of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and this is your other host. I'm Bryce Johnson. Bryce. Yes. Dude, this is our uh this is our episode two, our uh uh of of our new show, and it's just you know what? I'm really loving being in this club with you. I know. We have a paranormal podcast. It kinda like hit me on the way over here. I was like, wow, that's like a dream come true. I know it really is filling a void, a dark void in my life. <laughs> that's my dream. I was I was like, why am I why was I not talking about this I know. with everyone I know? I know. So Nobody'll talk to it about nobody. with me. Thank God I met you. Um, I know. That was a you know what? The, the Bigfoot Jesus brought us together. Bigfoot and Jesus. We're never, we're never saying goodbye. <laughs> um, if you're tuning in for the first time, Bryce and I are paranormal enthusiasts and armchair cryptozoologists. And we this show covers everything from Bigfoot to aliens to ghosts to um, uh, Jersey Devils. Uh, that, that Those are the only ideas we have for the show so far. So this <laughs> we're already halfway through the entire series. <laughs> Uh, but um, each week we're going to have a guest in here and we're going to tell some stories. The guests are going to tell some stories. And I think we should just get right to it. Unless has anything weird happened to you lately? Can you think of anything that spooked you out? No, it's I mean, we're, we're right in uh, the early part of November, which I always think this is kind of a creepy time. Like when the end of the year starts to close out, I'm feeling very, uh, yeah, very open. You to... can feel you can feel the spirit world growing closer to our plane of reality. And, yes, uh, there's that that feeling and there's like that ionic crackle in the air yeah i feel like something something mysterious could happen something's a sizzling yeah it's a very nostalgic time of year too and it you know it helps that we had halloween not too long ago no and gremlins is a christmas movie by the way absolutely (laughs) and santa claus is the scariest thing that's ever happened (laughs) breaking and entering first of all stealing your food i mean like a old elf (laughs) Right. Comes, crawls down your chimney, and I mean, fortunately, he leaves gifts. Yeah. but he takes your cookies. We're gonna do an episode, I think, for Christmas. I'm gonna do a Santa Claus episode, so stay tuned that'll for that. Good. I think that'll be really fun. Uh, but let's jump in. We have an amazing guest here today. This is an uh, actress and comedian. I'd say she's very funny. That uh, I met while doing a show at the UCB LA. Um, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater called Gravid Water. It's a really fun show. Uh, you've seen her in Enlightened. She recently guest starred on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And she's in the mo- new movie Lady Bird, uh, which is getting amazing reviews. Wow. Everybody, please welcome to the clubhouse. 
Bane Gibby. Yay, Bane Gibby! Hi, Clubhouse. Hi. What's going on? Hi. How are you, Bane? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, do you talk about this stuff with your friends? Are you into the paranormal? I do. I was so excited when you asked me to do this. Oh, good. I don't think you and I have ever talked about this. But no. I'm super into ghosts. Great. And... I live in a 1920s bungalow that has ghosts in it. What? Okay. Yeah. I want to get to that in a moment. But but just as a preface, when did you get into ghosts? Like, is this something you've always been into? Like, as a kid? Were you scared of them? Like, how? And if you were, when did it turn from fear into fascination? Okay. I was always, I was always, uh, like a lot of kids, afraid of ghosts as a child. I went on these, um, Overnight hikes when I was a child because my family has a house on this a lake. This sounds like you survived a series of kidnappings. I love it already. No. Just going to. Well, I've never done an overnight yeah, hike. An overnight <laughs> hike. Okay, so it's a little crazy, but imagine a house like the cabin. Where on, did you grow up? First okay, of all. so I grew up in New Jersey, Great. but this lake house is in Pennsylvania, and it's a very rustic cabin, kind of like the house in the movie On Golden Pond, mm-hmm. where they go in and they take the sheets and it's all dusty, and they right. open it up for the summer, and then they close it back down. So, And an old man might die. Correct. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> but I grew up there, going there every summer when I was a child, and we had no television, um, no heat in the cabin. It was just very, um, we spent, you know, nights playing board games and like running around outside. And it was just a very fun, joyous way to grow up in the summers. And one of the things that you got to do was go on these um, overnight hikes, they were called. And there was a 7, 8, 9 and a 10, 11 and 12. And they would have these chaperones who were teenagers, college students. And you would go hike down to a nice little spot and, you know, you'd all sleep out in the woods. And Make out and come back. Well, you were only <laughs> seven, eight, and nine. Oh, yeah, sorry, at the whoops. But, um, you guys weren't making out at seven, eight, nine? <laughs> no, I was, seventh grade was my first real kiss, but that's um, another one. Yeah, I think mine was maybe 13. But I was a real tomcat around the school. We're though. around seven, eight, nine. <laughs> um, but one of the rituals uh, in this community was that then the teenagers would do these raids where they would find out where the kids were camping and they would like try to scare the kids, okay. right? And it was sort of like... Were, uh, I have to ask, yeah, because it came up last episode briefly, were you in a cult? Was this a cult? No. Um, <laughs> it's a cross between, like I said, Kellerman's from... Like Dirty Dancing, right. yeah. that kind of summer community, and On Golden Pond. Right. More right. On Golden Pond. It sounds nice. It's fun. Um, sort of like family camp. Yeah. Like I just some... wanted to rule out. I'm oh. not in a cult. I'm not currently in a cult. Great. I'm not open this to This is a question a I'm going to <laughs> ask everyone put that out who comes there. Right. No, I think it's important, especially in L.A. It's just, just clear, clear the air. That. Clear the air. <laughs> Let's get it out, out there just up get it. front. I'm, Were I'm, you raised in a cult? No. I'm an open book. Tell your ghost story. I'm here for you. Um, so these nighttime so, hikes yeah, so, and raids. So it's and... just sort of like one of these like um, traditions of this place where then the teenagers would come up with a story and the chaperones would kind of lay the groundwork and say, you know, I, I read on the in the paper today that, you know, uh, somebody escaped from an insane asylum that... 
they might have gotten onto the property, you know, like, so yeah, they would like, and yeah. everyone go like, well, cause we don't have TVs there. So really, uh, you, you got a newspaper today it was in the paper, <laughs> right? you know? And, um, and then we'd sort of like, we'd sort of know it was, was a raid and it was untrue, but you would kind of relish you trick in yourself the story. Into for the sure. Right. And then as, as you know, as the, as it got dark and we were around a crackling fire, you'd start to hear like, and they'd be breaking, the kids would be, older kids would be breaking sticks in the woods and be like, oh, you know, and, and they would kind of put on this show for us. And of course I knew it was fake because I had older brothers and I'd known about this for years. And, but then there would be kids who would literally piss their pants. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even kidding, would piss their pants. And I would oh, try no. to be saying like, it's fake. It's a fake thing. It's Did you wait until they fully peed themselves? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. who doesn't love someone in wet <laughs> <Right>. jeans <laughs> suffering all night long next to you? Um, so, you know, I, I was always, af- you know, I was always sort of like afraid of ghosts and that, that whole world. But then when I moved to Los Angeles and I found myself in this house, this bungalow, and my neighbors had told me that um, the history of these bungalows is that they were studio housing. So if you were an actor from another city, New York or whatever, and you were doing a job at Warner Brothers, they think it was, uh, sorry, Paramount, um, and you needed housing, this little complex was almost like the Airbnb Sure. They would put you up. This in. is where, like, the low level contract, or maybe just yeah, new or maybe mid kind of right would 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 live right. So there was literally a check in office where you would get your linens, and we have found some of the original linens that have embroidered on them Palm Court. That's and what this that, place without, is called. Oh, okay. Um, don't give away your address. I won't now. because it's not called that anymore. Okay, good. But this is um, in this the, is in LA, twenties, thirties, forties. Yes. Yeah. And so you would come in and you would say like, "I'm so and so, and I'm here for the movie." And they'd go like, "Here are your linens, and you're going to be in Unit Three or whatever." And apparently, they partied so hard in this place, and it was a place where just a lot of debauchery happened, but a lot of dreams were made. And broken. So there's a lot. What's that address again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not on Khalifa. I don't know about you guys, but I need to find a time machine. This could be anywhere in Los Angeles. Right, right. Really. Uh, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. So, um, so apparently, like, it's really crackling with, with energy and spirits and stuff. So my neighbors, like, when I moved in, it said, oh, this is history and there's a lot of stuff that goes on here. But then... Once I started living there, I had some things happen. Mm. I had some of like the really cliche things happen where... Get into it. Don't be shy. A couple of books flew off a shelf when I was in the other room. And I walked in and they were on the floor. And I'm thinking they weren't balanced precariously. There's no reason Mm -hmm. why they would fall off the shelf. You mean bookshelves don't just occasionally spit books out, just fire them off? You know, I was just going to say for the listener, there's, and after this, there's some great video for you to watch. It's like, almost you'll get a cat's eye view of books flying Flying off shelves. Yeah, because that stuff happens. Well, it happens in my house. And 
So I thought, Do you well, think you the know, ghost is an angry reader? Yeah. I didn't like that book. <laughs> it's possible they were trying to get me to read more. Right. Like, you have these books. Are they So it's a show? parent ghost. Yeah. Who are you trying to impress with these right. books that have not been opened? Right. 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 Um, so that happened, and then it's sort of like the first time you're like, well, maybe... Who knows? You know, maybe this coincidence. And then there are earthquakes here. It's possible a small tremor shot this book across. There's things shifting in the, you know. So then the one that really got me was the book floated and started talking to you. It broke my nose. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So, no, the one that really got me was I was lying in bed and at five in the morning, my bedroom light just went on. Oh, yeah. And, no, thank you. You know, you're coming up out of a sleep, and so you're thinking, no, I definitely did turn the light off. I definitely turned the light off. The light was off for several hours, and now it's on. That's strange. So this is where things get weird. <laughs> I happen to know some people who are ghost hunters. Now... This is crazy. I'll give you the little backstory. So Please. when I booked the show Enlightened, and I had these really long hours, I had to get a dog walker for the first time. And I got this dog walker, and she became my friend. Her name's Linda. And she would tell me about these hunts that she did. And I said, what, is this, what are these hunts that you're talking about that you do on weekends? And she said, well, I see dead people. And I go to people's houses, and I do ghost hunts. And sometimes I have to eject the ghosts from their house or I talk to them or figure. Now, I was like, I thought you were a dog walker. You know, I thought this was your, this was what you were. She's like, and yeah, she's Monday like, through Friday. Yeah. yeah, but then I'm a ghost hunter. So I said. No uh, one's just a dog walker, no. by the way. That's no. Right. That, that's a little naive. Yeah. It was this is Hollywood. No one's naive. just a dog walker. Bruce Wayne started out walking dogs. Yeah. Right, it's, Bruce Wayne wasn't just a millionaire, and let <laughs> he was me also just Batman. say that this this person, Linda, that I'm talking about, is so much more than even just a dog walker and a ghost hunter. I found out that she was this huge celebrity photographer in the '80s, so she has this crazy life experience and one of the most interesting and eccentric people I've ever met. But I said to her, get your machines and your friends and come over and I want you to do a ghost hunt in my house because this is what went on. And she was like, yes, this is going to be, this is going to be good. Amazing. Sorry. I'm just shaking my head in disbelief. I'm not disagreeing with you. Oh, okay. I mean, not disbelief, just I'm, am- I'm amazed. I'm like, okay. Excited. Yeah. So, so they have done three or four hunts at my house over the last couple of years because the activity has continued and every time something interesting happens i'm like get the get the machine so get the team together so they come to my house the first time and it's truly an amazing experience it's something that i wouldn't have believed unless i was there so is it a comedy or a drama it's both. It's <laughs> okay. both. Oh, this is good. Now we're talking. We can okay. really cook with this. Good. Sounds like a great show. Both. Great. So you have, they're called the Ghost Girls. I think they need their own reality show. I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. These girls love to drink, and the more drunk they get, the more intuitive they get. The more uh, things I love fall it. off shelves. There's a TV right. show right there. You're not so kidding. So they said bumping to me, into them. all we need from you is to have like solo cups and ice 
and some booze and some mixers, and we will so figure I this out. I don't think they're out. professional That's ghost amazing. hunters. I think they're professional you'll, party animals. They're like, you'll provide the liquor, right? That's, we'll be there. <laughs> That's how it went down. So they come in, and they're like, I mean, they have the whole, all of it, the night vision goggles, the EVP machines that they have on the real shows, and they just, they turn out the lights, and this is serious. First, there's we hold hands, and they do a protection prayer where it's like, hey, you know, if anything gets weird, protect us, and, you know, we're here with good intentions, and there's a whole, they take it, it's very serious. Sure. And um and I was all in, you know. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I'm back in drama club, right. and like whatever this reality. This is why you're a good <laughs> actor. You're like, what you, do I wear for this? <laughs> you commit, Bane. This is why you're. This good This is at your what job. you do. You just you buckle just like in. Back in those old stories, and a lunatic escaped from the asylum. You get into it. Yeah. You, you believe sign that up reality. to ride the ride, yeah. and you ride the ride. And ride I was the snake. all in. So we get into it, and some really weird shit was going down. So there was a couple of interesting things that happened. First of all, the lights that went on in my bedroom, they were convinced that that was my grandmother and mm. that she is in my bungalow pretty much all the time. So it's not a old Hollywood dead Hollywood starlet. There's some of those in there too, but the the light going on was they felt strongly was my grandmother's presence, who said she likes to hang out with me because I'm fun. Yeah, grandma, that's great. This is all good news, grandma. I want to haunt you because you're fun. Yeah, but also, grandma, I need to sleep. Yeah. Can you right. can you turn the light on? Uh, maybe a, like you know a little. Well, later? she had a message for me, okay. and the message was that I need to wake up and that I'm missing the point. And I understood what they meant by what this, which was you. that at the time I was really struggling in my personal life and my career. And her message was, you're kind of missing the good stuff. Mm. And you're looking at all the stuff you don't have mm -hmm. and you're kind of missing it. So wake up and stop being an asshole. <laughs> and I had quit drinking not that long before this happened. And her message came through one of them pretty clear. She goes, if you're going to be this much of a drag, you might as well start drinking again. Mm, and she was like, you're funny. being a drag in your own life. And you're not seeing all the good things. And and it was totally apt. I was mm -hmm. like, I, yeah, I get it. I'm kind of being an asshole to myself, mm -hmm. about myself. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. The other crazy thing was... There was like this negative energy in there. And it's mm. funny because they're all seeing something that I'm not. So I'm like this outsider. And so they all start to go, ooh, oh, oh, no. Oh, that's oh, funny. no. Yeah. Like this. And oh, I no, go, she did it. I go, oh. I go, what, 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 what? And they're like, oh, gosh. Okay, there's somebody here. Okay, he's in 1980s shorts they're like round at the bottom with the piping and and sneakers oh yeah and i'm like okay and they go this is crazy they go were you at sunset gower studios within the last week and i said yeah i had an audition there they go you picked him up there and he followed you home no no i'm never he going back there all the way over to your spot so this was the story with them they're like they're, and i'm just standing there in that's silence. like in disneyland you pick up a ghost on your way home from the haunted house <laughs> but this is apparently what happened so so they're talking to him, and then they're translating to me, and they go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh -huh. okay, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, okay, and this is what's going on. 
He was a guy who rode around on a bicycle in the 1980s, and somebody hit him with their car, and he died, and he thinks it's you. Oh, and my so gosh. I'm like, well, I lived in New Jersey, and I was a child. And so they're going, she lived in New Jersey, and she was a child. She didn't even drive <laughs> It wasn't time. her. It wasn't her. And they're having an argument with the guy, and he's convinced it's me. And they're like, it wasn't her. Somebody else did it, so you need to leave. You need to leave this woman alone, blah, 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 blah. And they're having this, like, crazy argument. And then they're like, okay, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Wow. I just love this image of like this 80s dude in short shorts it's trolling <laughs> Sunset Gower looking for the person that hit them. And I want to do a TV me. show where these girls like they just discuss fashion of dead people. What are you wearing? Yeah. Where did How you get that? How does that, that ass look in those shorts? That's what I want to know. Turn around, mister. I'm telling you, I would watch that show. I know. I would watch that show because what's what's amazing about watching these girls is they they all see the same thing yeah. without talking about it. And so they're like... It's triangulated. Oh, his hair, you know, his hair is dyed. Like, they'll say things like, his hair is dyed blonde. Yeah, it's really bleach. Yeah, you're seeing the bleach blonde. And, and I'm like, I feel like the outsider because I'm like, I wish I were intuitive. Like, this thing that you guys are all experiencing Should- is so wild. And it's like a shared experience. It's... Crazy. So right now, uh, state of the apartment ghost free. State uh, state of the apartment is ghost free because grandma still come up. Yes. Come around? So the most recent hunt we had was about three weeks ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is fresh. Yeah, yeah, off it's fresh. Presses fresh, and um, my grandmother's still there. Okay. Um, the other interesting part is there is a an entity that they said was very much like um, a Shirley Temple. Hmm. She was after Shirley Temple, but same vibe, very young with curly hair, and they were kind of trying to make her be like the do-do-do-do, and she stayed there, and they said she is there when I'm preparing for auditions, and see, she sometimes even turns the pages for me. That's the creepiest Aww. thing. I was gonna, I actually thought that was it's, sweet. It's a little creepy, but, <laughs> it what's, is creepy. but what's interesting is I'm never scared in that apartment because nothing ever feels weird. So if there's people in there, I feel like they're rooting for me. And it's also yeah. kind of cool to feel like you're actually part of something that's bigger than you. Like this apartment has like it's a tradition to be an actor working yes. down in this. And as every now and then a dead bicyclist follows you. You home, pick something up along you know the way. But at least there's a helpful little girl around. That's right. Exactly. And and they they said that it's kind of like Exactly what you just expressed, which is that this sort of community goes on where they're kind of going like, hey, you're you're doing this and mm. we know what that's like and like, go, go get them out there. Love you know, it. Which that's is incredible. Which is kind of amazing because it's, it's a lonely endeavor a lot of times, especially like the prep for, you know, to go in there and try and get a job all, day after day after day. And so people ask me, are you... Do you get freaked out in there? Are you scared? I'm like, I really don't. I actually feel like it's a really positive place. And if ever there's another, you know, negative thing going on, I got my ghost girls. They could come in and they flush it out. It's so unique. And you've got your grandma too protecting you as as from any sort of negative uh, whatever there is as well. Oh yeah, because you know grandma. You're good. Oh yeah, she's like step off, biker man. Yeah, I I do feel that that's true. Bane, I love this story. I do too. Real quick. So, Ghost, you're all in. All in. Bigfoot? I'm open to it. Aliens. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She looked at us like, like, no brainer. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Somebody said once, I saw this play where they said, It was me. 
Yeah. <laughs> once you, once you, once you, something about, once you step into an elevator and you see that you can like be moved through space, you kind of believe in anything. And that's sort of how I feel about the spirit world, which is this, this door has been opened where I've seen real proof. And once that door is opened, then I feel like the, you notice all the other doors, the other doors. And yeah. that if we open our minds to all these possibilities, it's pretty mind bending that time and space is essentially meaningless. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm in, I just want to say, I love that. Yeah. Elevators have a pretty reasonable explanation, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but only <laughs> if you study them. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, now it's time for the part of our show that we like to call High Strangeness. Beautiful. Um, each week we tell a story from paranormal history. This week, Bane, I actually picked out something with you in mind oh, wow. because I knew you were going to bring in some little ghosty stuff for us. Um, this is one of my favorite, uh, not quite a cryptid, but this is a strange entity from paranormal history. This is the story of the Bell Witch. Mm. Ooh. And it's great because it actually begins with a story that involves a cryptid. So this thing, this story has it all. So I'm going to take you guys back to uh, rural Tennessee near Red River and what is now uh, modern day Adams, Tennessee in uh, Robertson County. There's that name again. We talked about Robertson last week, right? There's, there's, we're gonna throw a little Robertson in. It's every, there every everywhere. <laughs> Once you start seeing Robertson, you can't <laughs> stop seeing it. Uh, so 1817, uh, John Bell, who was a very successful and wealthy farmer, and because we have to get this out of the way right up top, this is early 19th century in the South. He was also a slave owner. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, that's just a fact of life. And um, let's try not to, just because he was uh, a, a horrible slave owner, let's let's try to, you know, find some ways to find credibility in this story. I'm just saying that up top. I'm not defending him or, you know, we just have to deal with that ugly part of history. Uh, so he and his wife, Lucy, and their nine children and their slaves uh, moved to a farm in rural Tennessee. They lived in a cabin. And this was a very, this is when the West was still really wild and scary. And uh, so they established themselves there. And one evening in late summer, Ro uh, I almost said Roger Patterson. <laughs> oh. Robert Pattinson. Uh, John, Bell, John Bell was roaming the property at night. And he came across a creature that he described as being a large dog with the head of a rabbit. Hmm. And the Ooh. creature ran off into the cornfields. And he spent the next few nights trying to hunt this beast and never found it. But around this time, there's also some weird stuff going on in the, in the, on the property. Uh, one of the girls, uh, who's one of our main characters, Elizabeth or Betsy Bell, she had seen uh, an image of a woman roaming the property at night. 
Um, and around this time in the cabin, they started to hear tapping sounds and knocking sounds, little tiny noises. Uh, the children would feel the blankets being pulled off of them at night, and they would hear what they described as the sound of rats gnawing on the bedposts. Mm. And they would get up, they would look around, they couldn't find any evidence of animals, they didn't know where these sounds were coming from. And they made the mistake that a lot of people who experience these types of hauntings do, which is they indulged the spirit. Don't and do that. Don't indulge, because they think that might have what happened. And, and I, I got this story from multiple sources, um, kind of collected this version of it from a few different places. But uh, one of the um, stories that I read or heard was that um, when you have an entity that's in your house, you... Uh, tend to want to communicate with it. And when they started to do is they started to ask it questions and it would get knocks back, kind of like, are you there? Knock, knock. And as time grew, the more they communicated with it, they started to hear voices and the sounds got larger and heavier, uh, the beat poundings on the wall. And they began to communicate this spirit emerged that they became to uh, call the bell witch and it's important to note at the time a witch wasn't necessarily a, a human person with a top you know pointy hat that's like cackling and, and brewing a cauldron they didn't really have a, a term they didn't use the term entity back then uh, i actually think this sounds more like a, a traditional poltergeist but um they uh they um this this witch that they called it, uh, as she called herself, they first asked, who are you? And the spirit said, I was, I am a spirit that was once happy, but now I've been disturbed. Hmm. And then they started having full conversations with it. And this entity would start changing their story a little bit. She would say, it was a female presence. She then would also say at one point she was like, said she was a Native American who was coming back to haunt them. And then at one point, she finally told them that her name was Kate. And they think that she called herself that because there was a nearby neighbor woman who was supposedly this eccentric woman. And she had, when they first moved in, she and John Bell Sr., the patriarch of the family, had gotten into some sort of dispute. So Lucy Bell, the wife, went, this must be Kate Bat's witch. And she has sent her to us to... To fuck with us, basically. Um, but the witch told the family that she wanted two things. She wanted John Bell, who she called Old Jack. She said she was there to kill him. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to see him dead. And the other thing that she was there to prevent was the marriage of Betsy, Elizabeth, who used to see her wandering uh, on the grounds. She was uh, engaged to a young man. I think his name was Joshua Gardner. Those, those were her goals. That's what she was after. Demon goals. Demon goals. Hashtag, Hashtag demon goals. Hashtag demon goals. Um, <laughs> Very specific goals. Right, right. Yeah, and so, and, 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 the, and, the, and the stuff got rough, especially Betsy. She was actually, this went into full Amity mm. Horror level where she was getting dragged about the room. She was getting mm. beaten. She was getting scratched. And the family, despite being, um, you know, uh, awful slave owners, they consider themselves to be a good Christian family. 
And this stuff started to go on so long, and they were scared that they confided in their best friend, the Johnstons, who were their closest neighbors and their best friends. And the Johnston family came over, and they were like, there is shit moving around this apartment, uh, this, ca- this apartment, this cabin. <laughs> There's like floating beds. There is There are books, just like you, uh, your story being moved about the room. There's like something is going on here, and it ain't good. Um, the voice would often quote scripture, and uh, so she was like doing all the doing all this sort of like almost performance art for them. Hmm. Um, and uh, the, there was a cave on the property that Elizabeth used to explore uh, around this time. And she remembers she and her friends, some of the younger men, went into this cave to look for Kate, the Bell Witch. And one of the boys got stuck in between two rocks in a hole and couldn't get out. And they heard a voice say, "I'll get him out." And he said he felt invisible hands grab his yank ankles oh. and yank them free. And then, this is my favorite part of the story, supposedly Kate the Witch then lectured them on the safety of cave exploring. Wow. Which is amazing. After a time, this became everyone... Spelunking yeah. is dangerous. <laughs> sure you use a ripcord. You rip cords and fasteners. I've never been spelunking, <laughs> you can tell. Um, but th- they... This became such a popular story. The locals started to find out about this. Yeah. And in 1818, John Bell was actually excommunicated from his church. Now, the reason they gave was that he was charging really high uh, interest rates, which was illegal on slave sales. And But also, he had gotten this reputation for hosting this like <laughs> demon in his house, and so he was kind of kicked out of church. The story became so popular, and this is all pre... This is before any book was written on this. This is all going around word of mouth in Tennessee, and it spread so far that in 1819, the Bellwitch became so famous that a U.S. general who had gained prominence during the War of 1812 named Andrew Jackson visited the Bell cabin because he wanted to see for himself what was going on, and he heard these stories, and I like to think he was like... They can't get rid of this thing. I'll go down there and kick its ass. Right. So he brought some soldiers down to the property, and as they were approaching the house, his carriage, uh, a couple of the wagons stopped. One of them stopped dead in its tracks. It wasn't stuck in mud. It wasn't on an incline. It just wouldn't move. And all the guys got out and started pushing this thing and pulling on the horses. And Andrew Jackson is like, boys, it's the witch. The witch is doing this. And then they all heard a voice say, uh... All right, General, let the wagon move again. I will see you tonight. And then suddenly the wagon could move. That's great. And Jackson was supposed to be down there for a week doing sort of an old school pre-ghost hunting exhibition. They left after one night. The activity was so strong. All his men got so scared they took off. Wow. Um, So then in 1820, so we're talking, this has been going on now for three years, these hauntings. In 1820... uh, Kate, or the Bell Witch, finally made good on her promise, and John Bell died one night. The family found him dead. (gasps) And this is a really twisted thing. They said that there was a strange liquid on the floor that they gathered up in a vial and gave to the family cat. And the cat died. And so they said, Kate has poisoned Mm. uh, John. So she did what she wanted to do and killed him. And it was said that they could even hear her singing and laughing during his funeral service. Um, and then, in, um, eight, and she took credit for it, apparently. She, like, you have to understand that by this point, they were having regular conversations 
with this entity. In 1821, she finally completed her mission when Betsy broke off her engagement with Joshua Gardner and uh, then later married one of the neighbor, one of their fr- family friends, this guy, Robert Pattinson, I think his name was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do think his name was like Robert Powell. Um, but uh, there it is again. Yeah. And, um, and after the engagement broke off, the, the haunting stopped, but the, the Bell Witch told Lucy Bell, who, by the way, she had a really good relationship with. She loved Lucy Bell, hmm. and she loved John Bell Jr., one of the sons. And the, she, like, really enjoyed them, and they thought she thought they were good people. But she hated old Jack, as she called him, for reasons that she never gave. And for some reason, she didn't want this marriage to happen with Betsy. Hmm. Um, and she told Lucy that her work was done and that she would reappear again in seven years. So in 1828, she did reappear in the family home. And by reappear, I mean there was never a corporal vessel. It was always a disembodied spirit. Or And um, she appeared to John Bell Jr. And they apparently had a conversation one night where she predicted that the Civil War was going to happen. And she left again and said she would be back in 107 years, which is sometime around uh, 1935. And I couldn't find a solid source that that happened, but um, kind of ran out of time to do research, to be honest. But that's really when the tale of the bell which ended and it became such a popular story that today the 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 farm is now um in tennessee it's state land it's a historical site they recreated the cabin you can go in you can take tours into the cave where they thought that the bell witch Mm. hid when road trip road trip absolutely um but it and they (laughs) i wrote down my notes they teach this shit in school so like they are proud of this part of their local history but it's one of my favorite haunting tales because this thing was they could never get rid of it and she was in charge and so that's the story of the bell witch it's pretty great and the 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 richard williams bell who was one of the other sons wrote about it originally after the family died um his parents died he wrote uh this in a book called our family trouble which is our family like, trouble. <clears throat> we have a demon. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and then that was later <laughs> a um, summer's read. That was that wasn't published until they were the family was so sensitive about this they didn't want this story really getting even published until they were all dead. So the first published account of this was in a book called. Uh, uh, the, the the authenticated history of the Bell Witch by a man named uh, Martin V. Ingram. And that was not until, that was like in 1895 or 1894. So almost, we're talking almost 100 years after this happened. So you have to understand that probably some of these tales grew with time, but there are so many stories out there and so many, I mean, we're just scratching the surface and, and, and encounters with this figure. And it's badass. She was a badass bitch. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, I'm picking up on like, Bane, your story had this like, kind of like, you know, it helped you move through your life, you know, and and, and come up with something positive, maybe, you know, would you say that or? Yeah, my my experience with it is so positive. It's so crazy, though, that um, she was such a powerful entity that she could move um, humans and furniture, because from what I understand about it is you know, just to turn a light switch on or to move, you know, a glass or something is so, is, uh, so hard for an entity. They have to, you know, focus all their energy. energy. So the fact that she could drag 
poor Betsy around mm-hmm. the room makes me... Well, I have a theory on that. Yeah. I well, that's our perfect cue. We're going to step away for just a moment. Sure. And when we come back, we're going to ask ourselves, what the hell was that? And we are back with Bigfoot Collectors Club. Um, and this is the segment that we call, What the Hell Was That? This is when the three of us are going to sit down and we're going to ask ourselves what we think this might be. Now, obviously, we weren't there. This is two hundred over 200 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but this is the part of this shit that I get into. We're never going to know. Yeah. But let's use our imaginations. If we had to pick something, what could this be? Bane, you're up first. What do you think this was? Okay. Well... She clearly was on a mission. And my question is, what was going to be so bad about this marriage between Betsy and her fiancé? Yeah. It's a great question. That she needed to stop it. Well, there's a the, the one of the skeptic takes on this story was that this whole thing was actually concocted by the family to break up oh. the engagement. It's like dynasty. They hated him that bad. They hated and I don't know why. <laughs> There's you know I couldn't find any reason why, but that's that's one of the theories. And that actually the man that Betsy married, um the guy whose last name was Powell, he was actually married when Betsy was engaged and he was a family friend. And his wife died in in the in nineteen twenty one, the mm. same year that the Bell Witch disappeared. And with and that's when she broke up the engagement and within three years uh she married this man, this Mr. Powell. Yeah. So they might have just been waiting until the right suitor was available. Now I, I don't know, but this doesn't explain all this doesn't explain no, but Jackson, like, this doesn't no. explain the neighbors. And they had witnesses. Oh they ta- ta- many people in the in the in the, it wasn't a town, but it wasn't a parish because we're but you know, in the community yeah. witnessed this stuff. Well Bane, you asked like how how something like that could you move somebody around and and you know in earlier in your story you said they did the no no they engaged with the entity and i like to think of something like this as a muscle if you've ever worked out or you've gone to the gym the first time you pick up some heavy weights it's really tough you keep going and you keep going and you get bigger and it gets easier i feel the same thing sort of with uh with paranormal entities right the more you engage the stronger the energy they can pull this energy and then you know once you're like communicating on a daily basis which it sounds like these people were that that whatever that is has so much energy garnered from that family and from the environment and from the space and she was supposedly that um, it would probably be relatively easy to and she supposedly knew everything about them and she knew how to well, that's trick right. them and pull the scissors as a sort I of have, trickster I have well a that's right theory. yeah yeah this is okay. what I want to hear but I'm sorry we got off track no, I want to hear your this theory. just came to me as we were talking that that maybe they said she had a dispute with, she called him Old Jack. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was in love with Old Jack and it was unrequited and she was jealous and she didn't want anyone to have happiness romantically. And so she was just a vengeful spirit that wanted to destroy the happiness. Or what if you look at it from a completely other angle? They awakened this entity. This entity looked into the future of this family, saw maybe a few things that were not great for the family and Mm -hmm. said, you know what? I'm going to change a few of their forward paths. And you know what? And the entity might have actually done a great thing for the family. Well, there's evidence too too. that he was this shady businessman and sort of a Bad, like a shite corrupt star. slave yeah. owner who you know, and unfortunately, like these stories, um, we'll never know. It's lost to time. You know, the the the, <clears throat> the 
the slaves are cut out of a lot of these stories, and I couldn't. But supposedly they also had interactions mm, with her. Of course, so I'm we're sure. not getting. You know, yeah. we're not getting the full story. But um, he may have not been such a nice guy, right? And here, here's my other question: as you were telling the story, was they were having these sort of almost normal daily conversations with her. What did that voice sound like? Was it like a clear voice that they could all hear? They could you imagine? It, be- it got to the point where it was just like talking to somebody in the room. Could you imagine that? To be a fly on the wall, like, you know, and, you know, when I, this reminded me of a story too. When I was younger, I, you know, I got my first phone in my own bedroom and three way calling. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, three way calling. Yeah. I remember like on the line, like I, you would hear these like, and you would like, you felt like that's somebody and be like, is this somebody? And it'd be like, and it'd be like, did you just answer me? You know, and it starts so, and I was like, but just, it starts so soft like that, you know? Yeah. There was, um, I listened to as part of research, there is a, another great podcast out there called Astonishing Legends. And those guys, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Um, most of the stuff I got off articles on, on, online, but, um, they, um, and I was actually thinking about it when I was listening to it because I just read the book It, mm. the, the the novel, um, and there's it goes way more into what Pennywise the clown is than the, than the first movie does. And, and he's, you know, sorry, spoiler alert, but the book's been around since 1986. So if you haven't read it yet, it's not going to ruin anything. But you should have <laughs> read it by now. Um, but uh, they kind of compare it in it in 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 their podcast her to the entity It, which is like. A shapeshifter and can kind of be all these different things. Well, in the novel, Stephen King actually at one point names the Pennywise as a glamour. And a glamour is a entity that is a trickster spirit that okay. takes different shapes, it feeds off fear. And like in Harry Potter, you know, I can't remember which book there's that there's the cabinet or the trunk where the thing you're most fra- afraid of yeah. comes out of. That's what it is about. And I think that. I think that it's possible we're dealing with rural, uh, rural, undeveloped uh, uh, South, a new nation. I mean, the country was just a, just barely. Um, it's possible that this land, there was an ancient spirit that's not human yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. There's a natural well, force that's been living on that land. And all of a sudden, you, this farmer and his family and You his did slave, mention the words Native American. Yeah. You did mention the word skinwalker. Right. Oh. So right. now, this is an interesting little so, segue. Anyway, so I think it might be some kind of thing like that, which is like a force that's been here longer than it anybody else. It may not else. have been the neighbor at all. No, it, I, I actually know, don't it, think it was. I, well, think, I think she was using that, that against him because that was also one of many different answers she gave. Sure. And that's the one that stuck. You Got know, it. the interesting part of your story to me is the very first thing that they saw was the dog with the head of a rabbit. Now, you want to talk about symbolism. So I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a ranch out in Utah called Skinwalker Ranch, and it's a, it's a paranormal hotspot. We're going to do this on and, an And we'll do this on another episode, but there, the interactions at this place start with a large, what looked like a dog-slash-wolf-type creature coming out of the woods and, you know, coming up very close to the family, almost where they could touch it. And it grabbed some of their livestock. They shot at the dog, literally like 10 feet away. Dog does nothing. Whoa. And and the dog walks slowly back to the Into woods the as the livestock is like, you know, bleeding out. But, but uh, and you mentioned the word skinwalker, which is a Native American type of spirit, a trickster spirit you used. 
And um, but they're very similar tones there. That uh, that first symbolic uh, dog slash uh, creature, right? And that that was sort of the presentation. It opened the, yeah, it it opened the of, gateway. Oh, hi, it I'm might here. have been one of her original forms. forms. Yeah, you know, which is this very. Like it's something that reflects the land. Yeah. It's like a wolf and a rabbit. It's very natural to that area. It's a land. Yeah. Who I knows? Think it's like one of these like pan, almost like pan spirits, like this sort of earth demon spirit that just has been a living embodiment of the energy of the land. Yeah. And that has ownership of that land. And here comes a guy building his farm there. And she's like, all right, I'm going to. Fuck with these people. Yeah, and well, you mentioned and cave too. Like yeah. the spirit emanates from a cave. Well, they Talk the about cave some... might have been a portal to the other side. Sure. Um, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to the Bell Witch and move on to our next segment. But uh, fascinating. That was awesome. Scary yeah. stuff. And yeah. There's so much out there. You can go find a lot more than we're able to even get into here. Uh, we'll be right back after this message. Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, and now uh, it's time for Collectors Corner. Yay! It's in the title, so we decided we'd embrace it. Uh, Bryce and I love to collect stuff. Totally. Um, Bane, do you collect anything? Well, it's funny. When you asked me this earlier, I was thinking, I think, you know, as a kid, I collected kind of all the normal stuff you do. Like, oh, I was such a theater nerd. I collected playbills. Of course. And stickers and barrettes and stuff like that. Now I'm really into getting rid of things, but the thing that I've sort of started collecting of late is tiny things. Ooh. I'm really into tiny things. Tiny like things. I have these tiny little bottles, oh. and my friend is a, an artist, and she gave me this, it's just a tiny, tiny little vase, and then she made these itty-bitty flowers out of <laughs> wire and beads. Oh, Is there like a tactile... Uh, um, like uh, satisfaction that you get from holding these little things. Yeah, is that what it is? I, I actually like to kind of put them like in little clusters and stuff mm-hmm. on my mantle and on my coffee table. And I think it might come back to what well, all comes back to childhood, right? I had this really awesome dollhouse that mm. uh, my dad made when I was a kid, and he tricked it out. It had real wallpaper. It had functioning lights. Wow. It had chandeliers and things like that, and. Then my aunt was really into crafting at the time, and she made things for it. So she made this full Christmas tree with decorations that Mm. was just like this out of pipe cleaners, but then little tiny decorations, so intricate, which I still have. So much time on their hands. Right? (laughs) But there's something so satisfying about miniatures. No, it's true. Macro, micro. We had dollhouses, but it was called Castle Grayskull. It was like, and that was setting up your He-Man guys Mm -hmm. and the little swords and the little weapons. And that came with like a little weapons rack, you know, and that was just a cheap piece of plastic. What I love most about G.I. Joe was the uh, the detailed little guns and that they fit in the holsters with the knives. So yeah, that that little world is amazing. Yeah. I think there's something really satisfying about it. it. And that's kind of my thing now. I've realized, oh, there's like six things on my coffee table. I have this little tiny tin house. Mm. And then next to it is like a little tiny bottle and, oh. you know, just little things. a little tiny bane to sit oh, next it's to it. it. Your <laughs> stuff is shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> you really are downsizing. And it's a real, yeah, I know. Space, You're <laughs> it's a real space saver, oh, you guys. guys. Yeah. Um, don't get rid of it. Just shrink it yeah. down. Just exactly. shrink it. Uh, uh, Bryce, do you have any... 
thing yeah. you want to share today? I do. I brought a couple things. Um, so I actually went to Target, hence the Target bag. But speaking of like cryptozoology moving into popular culture, popular <laughs> culture. <laughs> look at these cute popular. little Yeti toys. Oh. Now my son's a Yeti guy. I'm a Bigfoot oh. guy Those myself. Are Christmas but, Yetis. But these are Yetis. I gotta find. The, and aren't they Target? cute? Here, I, yeah, I've they're got like to go. three bucks each. And one of them is. An ornament. For those who I are listening, a, they're little fun. they're little yetis and they're little Christmas really decorations. We'll get but a photo of that. And we'll put it up on the Instagram. We will. But I love I love what uh, this is actually a, like a really nice palate cleanser for spooky stories. Yeah, <laughs> this little uh, thing that we're doing here. They're called Winter Friends. Winter oh, Friends. Like these guys. They're yeah, they're cute. so cute. Um, we don't get any money from Target, so yeah. this isn't a real commercial plug, but uh, I, I think I got to go pick some of those No, up. but the, there's some cute stuff out there. Um, I do collect, uh, I still am one of the few people I know that will collect movies and on physical media. Oh, yeah. So I still have like a, I have a Blu-ray collection of Disney films and Laser Marvel and Star Wars stuff. Laser disc. I had a friend in college who was furious. That was my DVDs brother. Came yeah. Out. Oh. Like, These are inferior to laser disc i can't <laughs> yeah. believe he was so proud of that thing anyway yeah. um i picked up a movie last uh this week that i ordered from amazon uh called your name it's an uh, it's a japanese animated film it came out um uh, in the states last uh spring but it's like one of the biggest box office hits but it's a re- if you were into paranormal stuff i'll say this it's not spoiling anything it's a take it's a gorgeously animated film um, and of course, I should have known the director's name, uh, but it's a body switching story. But they do it in a really beautiful new way, and that's just the beginning. There's like twists that come in, and awesome. if you're into paranormal stuff, um, you should definitely check out this film. Your name. It's. I'm glad I bought it because I want this in my personal, private, or permanent collection. I wanted to cool. say. Awesome. Great. Um, so thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, before we go, Bane, uh, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter under my name, Bane Gibby. Great. B-A-Y-N-E, G-I-B-B-Y. Um, and do you have anything to plug? Anything you're I working do. on I right do. I want to plug uh, a couple things. Lady Bird. Yes. It's in theaters now. Go see it. Written and directed by Greta Gerwig. It's her directorial debut, and it's a beautiful coming-of-age story about a senior in high school who wants to leave Sacramento and go and experience bigger and greater things. Um, Lori Metcalf, Zersha Ronan, incredible performances. And then I want to plug something that I'm not involved in that I'm just a fan of. Um, There is a pilot on Amazon right now called Love You More. It's starring yes. Bridget Everett. Who's that was directed the- by my friend Bobcat Goldthwaite. Yes, oh, nice. and my friend as well. Oh my gosh! Um, and uh, created by by Bridget Everett herself I love and her. Michael yes. Patrick King, who I've worked with and I'm a big fan of. So it's it's the pilot is up there. You have to um, rate it and spread the word because it hasn't been picked up this yet. This is great. I didn't know. Couldn't about agree it. more. Go check Absolutely it out. should. It is so. Wonderful. I and can't say enough about Bob it. Bobcat Love you more on Amazon. Yes, that's and right. we're going to definitely get him on here. Yes, we'll have point. to. Yes. So if you have Prime, pull it up. Love you more. If you don't have Prime, borrow a password from somebody and see it and rate it and spread the word. Great. Bryce, where can we find you? Anything to plug? Uh, just find us on, at Bigfoot Collectors Club on uh, Instagram. Follow us and leave a story at our Gmail at Bigfoot Collectors Club at Gmail. Right. I'm so glad you said that, guys. Uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club at, at gmail.com. We want to start collecting your paranormal stories and telling them in episodes on this show so if you've had an encounter if you've had something you can't explain please we want to hear about it us. 
And in addition to that, please go to our iTunes page. We're up on iTunes now. We're super excited. And go rate us. Give us five stars. Review review the show. It'll get the. Sh- it really helps get the show out to more people and uh, make us look good. Um, and also, as always, I want to thank Riley Bray, our uh, sound engineer. This guy is awesome. He's letting us crash in here and tell weird stories. And our music is from the song Come Again by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Uh, it's been a good time. Thank you, Bang. See you Thank you. Then. you. Bye. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.